<clears throat> There's a lot of salt. There so is, much salt. and I don't, I don't feel it myself. Nope. I don't think anybody in this room really feels that. Do you think it's just made up? Uh, kind of like what I discussed with. Are we rolling? Oh, we're, this we're is like the okay, pre pre game rolling. We can do the pre, this is the pre game rolling, but we can do a little intro right this here. This is just the drop at the tip, right? So <laughs> what James and I like talked about really was that people have these built up expectations and what they wanted to happen or what they felt should happen when that wasn't met, even though it better suits and fits the needs of the story they don't like it and they get upset they're like this, this should have happened so and so should have been related to this person and this should have happened and i don't like this and why did they do that and it's like well because they got to do a whole nother mo- they can't like if they had done everything those people wanted i don't know if there'd be much else left to tell mm-hmm. we would have probably not had to do episode nine or you know i know it goes back to the arguments against doing the thrawn trilogy Right. Because some people are just like, why don't they just adapt those? Those stories are great. And it's like, uh, because we know exactly what happens in those stories and doing that on screen would not be interesting. And uh, I'm not a hater by any means. I read the Thrawn trilogy a yeah. couple times. Mm-hmm. It was okay, yeah. but I didn't love it. Right. I actually was kind of happy when they excised the old EU because that was kind of a clusterfuck. Right. At the end, it got really right messy. Mm-hmm. And there were bits, and I'm glad that what they've done is taken the characters that people loved from the EU and ideas they loved, and they're pulling them into the current canon via Rebels. Timothy Zahn's got the new Thrawn books going. Yeah. You know, things like that. So they are bringing the things that the fans love, but they're trying to keep it more in a unified universe theme that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Because the EU got out of control really fast. Mm Mm-hmm. And it really spun out of control once episode one came out because a lot of shit was just like, uh, well, that doesn't match up with anything George just did. Right. So. This is stupid because it doesn't have a list. It's like you got to like flip through this shit one at a time, which we could, and then just go around the table and All see right. wh- where you guys stand on these things at the that the the world at large. Why like. don't we, <laughs> before we get into that, why don't we reflect on what we either – like thought about it or loved about yeah. it or, or the, first whatever comes to mind really about episode eight that we liked and then we like. can go into the detail if of, we want if we wanted to even to dig at that at all through so general yeah. spitballing yeah yeah i, I actually kind of i like the the spitballing on this one because it is very personal and i mean it's been talked to death anyway so really the personal spin is what we're looking for here anyway as long as we're not snowballing That's snowballing uh, yeah definitely not <laughs> no uh there will be no snowballing in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, episode of Ruminations from the Red Room, this rumination will be resonance, how the Star Wars Last Jedi resonated with the gentleman in this room with me. Um, during this episode, we will uh, seek to find an understanding, seek to find a, a level of, un- of, of peace and joy and harmony. <laughs> <laughs> and understand what's going on out there possibly in the, the realm of fandom um, so with me here again in the red room we have to my left Justin and Mike James <laughs> and these guys are all here to uh, chat uh, follow up of our last what was the, the last one we did uh, she's got it where it counts I think is what we titled that one and um, 
just toss out some thoughts, some ideas after seeing it. First of all, how about this? We'll start here. We'll go around. How many times did you guys see it in the theater? Uh, four times for me. Trace. Three. I'm the the outlier, too. I only got around to it twice because it was during the chaos of the holidays. But, yeah. What do you guys think? Should we just go around? Let's I just start let's, with, let's start, let's start with, with me. Just Justin. like yeah, start with Justin. What do you? What's your initial impression? If you could just throw it out there. Oh, I what? loved it. I, I I thought it was fantastic. Um, a lot of things I didn't expect, but that's a good thing because I feel like I I want to see a new story. I don't want to just see the same stuff over and over. Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, I I really like the and what's funny is I didn't like Kylo Ren in the first one in Force Awakens. Oh my god! But yeah. I really like him in this one, and I like the <laughs> dynamic between him and yeah. Ray. So I thought it was better. And I thought just as an acting performance, he really stepped up his game in this next one Agreed. as well. Agreed. So. Yeah, with you. Uh, I'm going to bounce off Justin's points there. Um, I loved that it was almost like Ryan Johnson threw the building blocks of Star Wars up in the air and wanted to re-land them in a different stack. Kind mm-hmm. of like a new version of Tetris, if you will. He's like, all right, we're going to change the formula a little bit and really change what people's expectations are and really have fun with it. And I'm glad that so many things that people were sure were going to happen didn't <laughs> happen and turned out differently. And I agree. Like, <clears throat> I was super satisfied with Adam Driver's performance. He was amazing. I thought that... Um, oh, shit. What's her name that plays Ray? Holy fuck. Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. I yeah. thought she was great. I mean, every Mark Hamill. Hello, our boy Luke. He <laughs> was... I mean, everybody was solid and everything. I mean, I have a couple technical things that maybe i'd bitch about but they're really minor i would say the first time i saw it i was like kind of like hmm i had a couple things that were not quite sitting as well but as when i saw it the second time under my own i had already seen it so the expectations weren't there anymore and i could just enjoy the movie it all the dominoes fell into place like the gaps filled in Mm -hmm. and i felt okay this is the beats that ryan was going for this is where they want to push this and you know certain things that happened in the movie that i'm sure we'll get to as we get to the second part of this discussion when they happened i was like oh damn (laughs) and after seeing it two and three times i was like okay yeah i know why they did this now and um I enjoyed the hell of it. I thought, you know, musically amazing, acting wise, fun. Yeah, it's no, fun. it's not, it's not a Oscar caliber movie. But nobody watches Star Wars for that stuff. We're looking for a fun movie, <laughs> good action, you know, conflict of characters, and that's what was here in Spade. The care, all the characters grew. I think that's the thing I got the most. They all had a major arc in this movie. And I'm gonna pass the mic to James here. I'm going to sound a bit like an echo chamber here because to a large extent, I feel I feel in a very similar vein to Mike and Justin here. Um, the first time watching it, a lot of things came off as kind of a shock. And in particular, there are messy aspects of the middle of it when it gets away from... Luke Ray and Kylo Ren when you're dealing with the chaos above the aboard the cruiser the way some of those things are handled the way some of those plot threads go outward you know casino scene 
<laughs> um, Looking at you. You're right. Um, and yet, upon... But it, but it had Mark Hamill. It did have Mark Hamill. <laughs> and on repeated viewings, <clears throat> I wasn't as hung up on that. I still think there are things about that cruiser chase in particular that could have been done in a way that could have added more suspense. Sure. Could have made it a bit more riveting. I still think the film's probably about 20 minutes too long. Mm -hmm. That said, um, the things that this film does right in terms of, you know, expounding upon Kylo Ren's character who, you know, uh, somebody else said this on one of my favorite podcasts, but uh, George Lucas would give his right nut to have had as interesting an evolution for Anakin Jesus. as happens for Kylo Ren <clears throat> yeah. in in these films. Boom. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's true. No, like we are seeing this person evolve into this dark son of a bitch yeah. in a really really interesting way because it's not without pain yeah it's not without doubts um that said i you actually made the comment that you know we don't go to star wars films they're not you know oscar caliber award season fair i would actually say that visually there are moments in this film that i think are the best we've ever seen in the side oh totally yeah. agreed um yeah. you know luke's farewell you know, with that light coming yeah. through the cave, the the way that entire battle scene was shot, um, you know the the suicide hyperspace event. Yeah, um, there are some really beautiful visual things happening in this. I don't want to sidetrack us too much. Do you think that the the this will ever get a nod? Like like that, or do you think that the, the Star Wars will always be well, overlooked because of of the genre? Like, do you know what I'm saying? It though? did in '77. That's the only time. But I mean, it, since like, then, no, they've never. Like, is it always going to be kind of like have to be campaigned a lot harder for because I, of its genre? I think because it's a genre film, it never will get that kind of a nod. Okay. I mean, the closest thing you're having this year to that sort of reception for a quote unquote genre movie is what's happening with get out and arguably that's still not i was really really impressed with get out and I, I don't think it's getting quite the credit it deserves on that particular stage but um no overall i mean it, i found it to be a a really satisfying and unexpected experience in so many ways excellent yeah, I loved it. I think a big part of that, too, is just that it's not an original work. Whenever you're building off something else, people automatically kind of dismiss it because it's not your own. Even though it can be your own telling, and especially with Ryan Johnson, he definitely made it his own. Do you but, think they think of it as too derivative? Like you're just yes. building off of like You're yeah. standing on the shoulders of what's been gone before. Oh, it's you Luke don't... Skywalker again. It's Princess yeah. Leia. You know. mm. Right. Fair. Fair. I wish I had something as eloquent as what you guys all just said. I mean, when I, I went, I was on the edge of my seat more times in, in that than I had been like all year almost for anything else that I can in recent memory. I I did a little small snippet, little um, micro podcast on this, the whole like concept of like feeling like a kid again. Like I felt beyond feeling like a kid again because I, I was so thrilled and just excited the whole time. 
I mean, yeah, there are like little things here and there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I came out of it with more than I had expected, more than I wanted, a lot of surprises, and and like it renewed something, and I, I could not have asked for anything more. It was mm-hmm. it was great. It was it was great, and I don't understand. And I think one of the reasons why I wanted to to do the follow up, and I'm glad that we're doing the follow up, is because I really am genuinely shocked. It's like when someone tells you like, oh, I I don't like cheesecake. You're like, well, how do you not like cheesecake? <laughs> but like, how do you not like that film? And I understand some of their arguments, but oh, I just had a that's it. I had a great time. So I think that's a really good segue. We want to start here, going down that list of the salt that this movie has taken on. Well, uh, before we even track down that, what what are some of your favorite parts? I mean, we kind of touched on it because we talked about the things that we loved, but I I didn't have a problem with, with Luke. There are things that, you know, you always dream of, but I loved the Luke and Yoda, like, ex- exchange, and that whole dynamic was beautiful to see again. Um, and you're talking about Luke's scene at the end. James yeah. and I had a similar feeling. It's like seeing him in that state after mm-hmm. everything that happened that he went through that we knew of up to Jedi Mm -hmm. and then hearing the backstory of what happens in this movie where else would you be at that point other than totally distraught ashamed Mm -hmm. and self-exiled because I mean it was worse than Obi-Wan like Obi-Wan failed but I think Luke felt like he really fucking fumbled that ball bad like he's like fuck yeah what do you do right and I think that that it brought him down to such a level and it was cool because even in this movie like I said every character had an arc and Luke's arc you know he had gone so high in Jedi came crashing down came right back up here at the end yeah. of this movie his his finale at this movie was fucking epic to be you know minor is a yeah. point um, I squeezed out a couple tears for sure. no I <laughs> yeah. did like, I, I, it really did it really grabbed hold of me and squoze my heart <laughs> but we were just watching we were just watching Jedi mm-hmm. and we were laughing about uh, Dak being Snoke you know like coming back from Vengeance you know and like Dak gets crushed and we're thinking about all of like Luke's wingmen over the, the course of the, the movies like everyone's dying all around him and then then he fails creating the new Jedi Order and all that falls to shit and Justin's like well yeah he, of course that's why you go to the island that's why you go to the what, island he's like mm-hmm. fuck this I'm out like, fuck that right out. Mint milkshakes. Well, even it. even from a very practical standpoint, given what was laid down in the first movie, uh-huh. the fact that no one knows where Luke Skywalker is, Luke Skywalker is undetectable by means of the Force, meaning Leia doesn't know where the hell he is either. That yeah. was a huge plot point. Yeah. Right. It's happened. clear that he had completely cut himself off because... He, we learn at the beginning of the last Jedi, he didn't even know Solo was dead. Yeah, that was hard. That hurt. You know his and his that. Hamill's facial expressions were so good. Mm-hmm. Like he did such a good job with right. that shit. Mm-hmm. So really, even you know because there seemed to be a lot of people that okay, well first they bitched about the Force Awakens being too similar to a New Hope. <laughs> oh, then we, they were angry that it didn't go the directions <clears throat> that they wanted, but. If you look at what he was handed, given what happened in The Force Awakens, that arc for Luke is the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. You know, all the other Jedi went to Hermittown once they were alone in the galaxy, you know? 
and um, and they're not like uh in, invincible they're not no. they their shells they they're still killable they're still human if i mean right. for life or whatever mm-hmm. you know so they're, they're not going to be able to stand up against an entire regime alone. Right. Well, like that's says, exactly like, what, what he says. Like, what do you, what do, you do? do? Show up with a laser sword? <clears throat> just to, just side jump off of that. That's the one thing I really like what Johnson did with the script. And I think it flew right over the heads of a lot of longtime Star Wars fans. Is he literally attacked all of the crazy fandom theories like right in our face and said like you know and that's what i mean by he threw up the cards of the whole blocks of the whole star wars building blocks and reset them kind of like telling people's expectations you know he the characters in the exposition tell you exactly what these other people thought they wanted to happen can't happen because it doesn't make sense in the star wars world yeah like <laughs> like that was one of the points i was like oh yes mm-hmm. it's like i mean yeah what's he supposed to do I like your analogy. Go ahead. With the lightsaber? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I like your analogy of the Legos. Because a lot of people are like, oh, it's not my Star Wars. Like, all the parts are there. The soul, the core. Like, Legos are Legos. And you build a new thing with the Legos. But the the original, the parts are all still there. Right. He's just putting them together in a a new way. Something to, you know, again, keep it going. We can't stagnate, you know. Well, we can, but it's just going to oh, well. get old real quick, and then nobody. <laughs> well, then it'll die. We might in two years. So, right. I mean, <laughs> you think so? Oh, see, now we're getting ahead of ourselves. My biggest fear out of all this, though, is that Disney doesn't knee jerk to all the negative reactions, and then tries to give the public what they want. And, and completely turn this around and then yeah this, from the yeah. statements that like Johnson made and stuff, it doesn't sound like they're going to I think they really um, they really stuck by him and, and it's a well, clearly they did the thing yeah. is it's like it seems huge but I really feel like it's a vocal minority that's re- it's always yeah. the vocal minority that's the loudest yeah right. the negative Nancys of the world are always the loudest on something the boo birds yeah I you know I, I wouldn't mind them in some way addressing some of the things that JJ had laid out I do want to see more of the Knights of Ren. I want to see where his boys that, went. That, you know I mean? Some stuff like yeah, that. That would be interesting. I mean, the throwaway theory that I had is that those are those were now Snoke's, you know, warrior his bodyguards. Boys yeah, that was my... That's kind of what I took from this, but who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah, that is that is an interesting past plot point that, that hasn't been explained. Someone also said that could have been interpreted as like a flash forward. Right. Except this... for the fact he's wearing the mask. Right. No, yeah, explain. Is... Well, because when you see them briefly in the Force Awakens. Yeah. But it's also he... a Force vision, which right. always... It's it's distorted. never it's never exact. Because you, you see him with the Knights of Ren briefly yeah. in the Force Awakens, and mm-hmm. a lot of people are just like, ooh, 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 where's those guys? Where'd they go? Right. And it could have been a future event rather than the past. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Especially since it doesn't match up too with like the rain and stuff that we see in the flashbacks with mm-hmm. uh, Luke huh. and Kylo. Which really, that's a way they could write that in. Yeah, I really like that. By the way, how we have how we saw three different versions that, of that. Yes, yeah, the, really, the explanation really nice. of of the betrayal that was awesome, and mm-hmm. that was very Hitchcock. Yeah, I felt and I loved it. I was like, man, they freaking snuck Hitchcock in a Star Wars. Well, movie. I thought of it as the Rashomon moment. Right, which you know, yeah, I mean? Hitchcock, Hitchcock and Kurosawa both had that kind of storytelling yeah. technique. Yeah. I love that part. Even as even as I watched it, 
as nerdy as I guys in my mind, like I'm thinking of Obi Wan. Well, you From know, a certain, certain point, point, of, point view. of view. Uh-huh. I was like, oh shit, right here on screen showing us the different point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had all those. Ugh, great. No, that was, that was really storytelling. One of my absolute favorite parts of the film because it was just so, it was so rich, you know, with the interpretation. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that's good stuff. <laughs> it is good stuff. Um, what else really kind of like drew you guys in? What else what would you say was something that uh, gave you hope for the next? Um, where we're going I, to... Well, like I said, for me, it was really fun to watch the characters all grow. Mm-hmm. Quick impressions. You know, we see Poe going from crazy hotshot pilot to finally kind of understanding that you can't always run out guns blazing and win. Because at the end of the movie, he's kind of figuring out, okay, we got to have a plan. We got to get out of here. I can't just run out and beat the First Order this time. They've, they, <laughs> they've cut off our nuts at this point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he yeah. finally kind of understands that. And then Finn finally comes to terms with the fact that, you know, in the first movie, he was totally dead, deathly scared of the First Order. Yeah. And then in the first half of this movie, he is too. And he's finally turned around and he's like, okay, no, I can... I can stand up to these guys, you know, and turn myself around. In this one, he suddenly thinks that he can run out onto the field and help Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Right, so so he turns into Poe. Finn turns into Poe in this movie, right? Right. So the next movie, maybe we'll see his art. And then even, you know, in the first movie, Rey had no idea. She thought she knew who she was. She gets awoken to something else. And in this movie, she spends the whole time like trying to figure that out and at the end she does I think figure out what she needs to do and that's to help these people against the first order and she finally comes to terms with her history that it doesn't matter what happened in the past and I love that they echoed this both from her point of view and Kylo's point of view where he says kill the past burn it you know what I mean he's just saying forget it move forward but in his way, it, was, it was very meta at that point. Yeah, and his version, his version of Kill the Past is like, let's you and I together, we'll rule this galaxy, whatever. And it was very like, dude, it's like yeah. kind of like echoing his grandfather at one point yeah. when Vader tells Luke, join me and we'll, together we'll rule the galaxy. Um, so that was really cool. And I just like how they riffed off each other, both sides of character arcs, the conflicting characters would have almost the same themes, but done in different ways. Um, and finding that common ground too yeah yeah and that that was this movie had a lot kind of like what we talked about in the pre-discussion there was a lot of gray in this movie it wasn't black and white for anybody really to do anything and it it took a lot of their own choices to go where they went and a lot of uh, emotion and turmoil to get to where they were at the end you know it it was a struggle yeah. Especially for the porgs. You know? <laughs> well, only because I, I, I felt... they were getting barbecued by Chewbacca, <laughs> who, to be honest, he was just hungry and he's a yeah, Wookiee. Totally so... fair. You know. So, is the porg a porg on the the Falcon? Is that is that indeed a relative of the one that he ate? <laughs> so now he's is that really know. the case? No. Okay. I just want to express my relief that the porgs did not play any critical role in the. <laughs> resolution of of events yeah <laughs> that was my great fear is that i was like oh god like one of them's gonna have to like fly into it it's gonna be like, 
you know. I was worried. They're gonna get the. They're gonna train the porg to well, walk down an exhaust. But they were cool. Port and, they were flavor. Yeah. The re- and from what I understand, the reason they even came into existence because of puffins. That's right. They were shooting. Accurate? They yeah. were shooting on Scaling Island, and they could not get rid. I mean, those things are all over that fucking island. So they're like, what are we gonna do with all this? And they're like, let's just make them look like these things. So that you know, and and yeah. it turned out cute, and you know, cute sells stuffed animals, yeah. and <laughs> this is this is a science fiction thing that we love, but it's also there to make money. Yeah, right. they know. were they were. I don't begrudge on that. The yeah, tree. yeah, no, no, no begrudging here for the porks. I, yeah, I thought they were a nice color, <laughs> and they were cute. Like, oh, I think the only cute. kind of like part, even the third time, I was like, all right, this is a little heavy handed. Is when the one pork gets the puppy dog eyes and looks at Chewbacca yeah. like you're eating my cousin <laughs> or something. And I was like, okay, that's a little. Yeah. Try not to make the Wookiee feel bad. He's a Wookiee. Yeah. He just he needs some sustenance, man. He's been yeah. flying back and forth across the galaxy. Right. His boy just died, you know. Sometimes that's how we handle, you know, loss. We turn to snacks. Or we you know? kick down <laughs> giant steel doors. Or we do that. <laughs> Damn. I thought that was Ray. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was like a forced door. <laughs> you know, it's a boom, and he's like, Chewie. I was like, oh, shit, Chewbacca ripped that fucking door oh, off. <laughs> so what was your favorite surprise? What was your favorite thing oh. that, that caught wait, you? Wait, wait, can there? I can I jump in here first? Oh yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. Fucking Snoke dying right there with that lightsaber. <laughs> that was fucking crazy, dude. I'm sorry, like that that whole thing, like it was it was cool as fuck, but it freaked me out. <laughs> and at first, I was really kind of like, because I, I was like, what the fuck just happened? I'm glad you're okay with that because when me you were too. here. You were really into the Snoke thing, like you wanted. I, I still want to know how. Want to I still, like, I still want to know all right. of that. Yeah, I'm kind of glad we didn't get the explanation in this movie because it's probably a much longer explanation that could be told in a two-hour movie. Right. But that execution of that whole scene was fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. like absolutely. that! I was like, wow, that's something we've never seen in Star Wars. Like when he's mm-hmm. talking, you know, Kylo's turning the blade, and I'm like, look at him, old motherfucker! <laughs> oh, you're gonna die right now. <laughs> And he died, and I was like, oh, snap, that really fucking happened. But that was cool because that really gave Kylo Ren that push. And and that's like the start of him kind of deciding that he's going to be that guy. And it's he's different than, than any other dark side, you know, any of the Sith or whatever. He's got kind of a different thing going on. The one thing I noticed at the near the end of the movie when he's um, – you know, com- now that he's supreme leader and he's commanding all those guys, and he's like, "Blast that ship out of the sky!" His scar and everything started getting that dark side, like yeah. purple uh-huh. veiny shit on it. And I was like, "Oh damn, he's that's it. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no coming back now." Yeah. If there was a coming back, it would have been before that. I think him killing Snoke cemented his path mm-hmm. in that. What you know in the Sith books would be like passion. Mm-hmm. His passion is there. He doesn't. There's no turning back for. Is he a Sith, though? No. No, he's not. Right. The Sith are dead. Right. But I just mean that fueled by passion. The dark mm-hmm. side's always... Because you're fueled by your emotions of anger and hate right. and, you know... Um, and he certainly leads Domination that. and all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. That that part just... That, that just... My fucking jaw hit the ground when I saw that shit. I was like, oh, fuck. And it was like... And that's a cool thing. It was like right in the middle of the movie. Bam, this crazy phase shift happens Kylo Ren kills his master and all of a sudden he's the leader of the first order and Ray's still on the ship and Ray's got to figure out how to get out of there there were like home. three turns in that scene maybe three or four that kept like turning you on your 
on, on yeah. its head, like your expectations, yeah. and that was that was great fun. I loved it. That, but that the, for me, that was the moment in the movie that yeah. really just fucking. Uh, I was not expecting it, and when it happened, it was awesome, and it it was amazing, and it freaked the shit out of me. That's how I knew it was good because it freaked the shit out of me. I was <laughs> right. like, "Fuck, what?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even the directly following scene where you then see them team up to take on the Praetorian Guard. That was awesome. That whole fight scene was amazing, and yeah. it was. It was interesting that this is this movie. The lightsaber battle is in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. The big lightsaber, the big yeah. lightsaber battle. Because at the end of the movie, it's not a lightsaber battle. Well, I guess there's a part with Luke, but um, yeah, the crazy duel was in the middle of the movie, mm-hmm. yeah. and that was a lot of fun. Basically, the end of Act Two. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the following that scene, the conversation between the two, which I thought was some of the best acting in the movie. Just because you can see where Kylo is like, he's trying to make her understand, and he's getting frustrated that she doesn't that understand. That she doesn't see his point yeah. of view. Yeah, right, exactly. right. Because to him, it's so logical, right. and it makes so much he's sense. He's like, it doesn't matter and anymore. he's on the right side. Yeah. Right? And the same for the reverse. She's like, you know, stop telling us, stop shooting the ships. You know, it's over. We, we won. Right. But, you know, that fundamental differences, yet still caring about the same things and still being, having influences that drive you to do certain things yeah he's got that whole um scorched earth approach right mm-hmm, yeah. he wants to just fucking nuke everything start over and i mean i i can relate to that to some points i look at the shit on the news and i'm like fucking nuke the Dude, whole planet let's start just, over let's just start over this is ridiculous yeah. so but all I, you have is a hammer everything looks like, <laughs> like a, a nail, nail. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh like and you guys already did weigh in on that but i i do have to um just kind of repeat his performance throughout spectacular and in that scene some of his delivery ooh, like super spectacular smooth and incredibly like emotive like I, that was some of the best stuff i'd ever seen like i couldn't believe how much he had grown as a character and how much i loved his performance yeah like he's like no no it's it, it, you, you're nobody, you're nothing really. Yeah, I was going to say that the part where he's telling he her, you know, did you see your parents? When, and she, yeah. Oh, man, that was amazing. And I loved, I loved that they explained kind of what I felt in the in Force Awakens, that she's not related to anybody. Well, I'm going to say that I still think he's lying. <laughs> and they could get made out that way. It I, could. I, th- I think that. I mean, and, and I know you're shaking your head. And I you <laughs> guys do understand. It. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> I hope and they. I'm, I'm saying, not saying I, I hope they do. I'm just saying, I I do. I'm still on the outside of that. I'm not saying that I side with all the haters and all the salty. Yeah, right. But I I do want her to be directly. And I understand that they're building a, a bigger world, and we want to create a character who's not directly tied. And I know Kylo's directly tied to the Skywalker line, but I I I think that he could be misleading her. And I and I I old fashioned as I am, I just. I just want her to have some kind of familial tie to what's going on. And, and she doesn't have to, and I won't be disappointed. But, but, I loved this but, movie. But at the same... Like, I, I sort of see that, but at the same time, she has taken that... She's adopted the Jedi family. I mean, she stole... Oh, now she you're took the books. Now, now she you're... took the books. She yeah. wants to keep yeah. that. She knows that that's something that's important, is yeah. to show people how to be better. And I, I really feel like there's going to be a time skip. I think, well... I, I don't know for sure. I think if Johnson had his way and he was doing the next one, there would be like a 10-year time skip and she might have an apprentice or two. We might Because at the end of this movie, there's what, like 12 Rebels? It's yeah, really small. Yeah, they, yeah, they wiped they them got, out. They got their asses beat. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So I really think without a time skip, there's not going to be much rebellion to be had unless yeah. all their supporters kind of come out of the woodwork and the time skip is much shorter. But at the minimum, it's got to be a year or two. But I'm thinking to show a more evolved versions of those characters, it'd be fun if they went five, ten years in the future. We would see Kylo a lot more probably like Vader. Yeah. Not not suit-wise. I just mean badassery-wise, yeah. right? I could see that. I think that would be a smart choice. And then Ray a lot more further on like line. Luke and Jedi was, yeah. you know, confident. And I don't know where I was going with all this. It's all good, man. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we were talking about Ray's parents and the quality yeah. acting and the surprises in the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Favorite surprises. Um, I don't think you can beat the Snoke surprise like that. That was pretty yeah, epic. Yoda pretty showing epic. up was kind of uh, a surprise. I got yeah. a little spoiled because I saw a thing that Frank Oz showed up at the right of the carpet, uh, and I was like, oh, Yoda confirmed. Yeah. Cool. That, did, that wouldn't have necessarily meant that for sure, though. Well, I'm sure he gets invited to those premieres but every time. But if you time. follow Rebels, and he was in, like, it just, I was like, they right. probably had him in the booth at the same time to yeah. record yeah. his lines for Force Awakens and Rebels. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just kind of how that stuff goes. Uh-huh. Just like I'm sure James Earl Jones did Rebels and Rogue One in the same week. Right. You know, in the recording studio. From I wouldn't Prague. doubt that. He didn't sound like he was from Prague. <laughs> that was in those weird Empire Strikes Back special edition outtakes. Uh, so anybody else, uh, other surprises that you didn't expect? Something else that kind of caught you off guard that you... Leia has space flying ability. Yeah, <laughs> that was like the only thing I was unhappy with in the entire. Movie. And you were genuinely unhappy <laughs> yeah, with it. I yeah, can sort of see enough. some people that were bothered by that. that. Didn't really. I mean, to me, that felt in, instinctual. You can live in the vacuum of space for what do they say, like 120 seconds before it kills you. So it's not like she was out there that long. She's force sensitive. She's intuitive. She just chooses not to really. I think she was always scared of using that power i think she liked to use it more in a emotional way to help lead people and not in the abilities i think like she felt a conflict physical. between her innate abilities as a jedi and her political right heft and so to me within just, the I mean, republic i think in that moment of desperation her knowing that there's not much of the resistance left she's like oh shit, i gotta get back to my ship and she just kind of pulled mm-hmm. like stuck because it was to me it looked instinctual she stuck her hand out and kind of pulled yeah. it and in space something like that would look kind of wonky because there's no gravity yeah i don't know it did i don't feel like she was space flying she wasn't force flying she was no, she pulling, herself like, towards... pulling herself towards right. it. it's not really so some of the the, the uh, problems with it I was like ah. but yeah it was a little bit awkward cheesy it was a little cheesy. awkward it was i, I mean it, i won't like, deny that yeah. it looked, it, you know i can see why some people are like oh. i was like yeah i can sort of see that i mean i just kind of took it as all right I mean, <laughs> well at the same time you were never going to kill a member of the skywalker clan just having her blown out into space either yeah when i saw that scene i was like well, that's how they got rid of her that's pretty cheesy so that's i i, I, think I bought whole, it i believed it the whole right. reason yeah, I was like, oh my god yeah and i think the whole reason they even set that up was to get Poe's character arc sort of exposed and have General Holdo come in there and, mm-hmm. have, you know, really expose the fact that you, you can't do this, even though he, you know, he, and he didn't think they knew what they were doing. And so he had his own little sub plan. Right. Yeah. Even though, you know, Leia had entrusted General Holdo to have a plan to do something. Well, the thing was, he, 
despite their clash, he respected Leia more than he respected Holdo. Right. The moment he saw Holdo had taken command, he's like, oh, I can, I can bend this. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah, and then I think for some people, like I had some people who were like, well, why, why, you know, why didn't he understand and. Or why was he like that? Well, why I didn't said, they tell him? Why didn't she call okay, him so in? Okay, so that's what I mean. I'd like that explanation. Because even though it's a resistance, it's a military-style operation. You're on a yeah. need-to-know basis. And sometimes they don't tell you that stuff because they don't want it getting out to the troops. They don't want morale happening. There's, like, plans or certain contingencies. But he's clearly in Leia's inner circle. He's clearly someone that... To a that point? They, yeah. He is to a point, but that's how the military yeah. works. So, like, that... I understood that aspect to yeah. me. That that didn't bother me at but all. It didn't bother me. I just like... And oh, he had just on. been it busted is... down. Right. He did. That's true. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he already was, like, showing his inclination to... Hot-headedness. To, uh, right. To maverick some shit. He was yeah. in the yeah. doghouse at yeah. that point. Okay, good point. Okay. Uh, what other big surprises were there? Tala Siren's titties. What? <laughs> the Tala Siren's titties, man. Oh, the milk. <laughs> the milk. <laughs> that was four big surprises. And that's some... <laughs> <laughs> and again, stellar performance by Hamill. <laughs> <Just> turned... <laughs> Tangy. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I liked all the little, uh, I mean, not really Easter. They were sort of like Easter eggs for fans, like seeing Luke's X Wing at the bottom of Octo there. Um, Those little things like that were cool. Those were definitely cool. The Jedi textbooks having the symbol of the Jedi that was originally created for. Clone Wars. But I like that, though, because that also had a practical function in that you could think, oh, he could just leave. Right, that's what I mean. You know what I mean? By seeing his X-Wing at the bottom of the water there. Yeah. But it probably was not usable at this point. I don't think he wanted to go. Right. Yeah. So do you guys have a problem with him force projecting all the way? I mean, No. Any thoughts on that or questions on that? (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm taking over again. So they kind of <laughs> set that up in the beginning of the movie when Snoke does that mind meld between Rey and Kylo Ren, and and Kylo's like, "How are you here? That would kill you. Like, you how are you do doing this, this? Yeah, that would right." And so to me, like when Luke does it, it makes sense. He's a master level light side user that yeah. studied. I mean, he had studied all of the ancient texts. I mean, even though Yoda said they weren't page turners, <laughs> and he had learned from some of the best Jedi in his time. Yeah. So that didn't bother me at all. What I thought was interesting about that whole thing, um, and I'm surprised more people didn't catch on to it when I talked to him later, was that when he projects himself, I think that people saw the version of him that they last saw like 15, 20 years ago because he was a lot younger in the projection. The one thing I didn't kind of get about the projection, though, was why was he using a blue saber and not his green saber? That was kind of weird. I don't know... What, why that decision was made why he wasn't projecting with his green saber I think it's twofold I think both of those reasons have to do with him wanting to claw into Kylo Ren's head Oh, the yeah, first one is looking visually like the last time Kylo Ren saw him yeah. like you were afraid I was going to fucking kill you the last time you saw me look remember this, this. 
The other thing is that Kylo Ren has a fixation on that saber. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. I could see that. <laughs> Great call. Yeah. No. And I mean that that also for me, if he would have done that, and then that part at the end not happen with him, I thought it would have been cheesy. But the fact that that literally drained all of his life energy, and he had he's like, okay, that that's it. I suspend everything I got, and then he goes with the force. Like to me, that was just like bam. Yeah. That was like the hero yeah. in the old western sacrificing himself to save everybody and dying in the gunfight, like getting shot eight times and he still humbles back to the homestead yeah. and just falls <laughs> over dead. Right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what Luke did. Yep. Yeah. He sacrificed himself to drive, you know, so that they could get out of there. That was and pretty it, heavy. It was. It was pretty heavy. And then when <laughs> they did the, they did the twin sunset and yeah. the Skywalker music theme right there. I was like, damn, they cut me. <laughs> 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 oh. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, just left left happy. So the see your round kid comment, we definitely see him as a forest ghost, right? Oh yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. Oh, the other thing that I love this was like a, I don't know if if Ryan did that just as a nod to all of those Leonate westerns and stuff, but when Luke showed up, when when he showed up and he stood there, it was like a, it was a straight up shot out of um, for a few dollars more. And not only did he have like a Jedi cloak, it was but very, the Jedi cloak had the yeah. cut in the back like a duster jacket. Yeah. Like, Dude, like, that is awesome. And with yeah. the sun coming down behind him, yeah. Well, the there was a particular baddie in Looper that had a coat just like that. Right. Oh, so this is uh-huh. a Johnson thing. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. He just had to get it in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he's huge on those movies, so nah, it makes know. sense. You know, I mean, like, people were wondering, like, why couldn't he go? What What's the excuse for him not being there physically? And um, you just, again, this is just fodder for the argument. But I thought, well, how did he even know where they were? Like, the Force can connect them by the, like, through their minds or whatever. So maybe he, he could Force project himself. But even if he wanted to go, I don't think he could have. But I don't think he wanted to. But even if he wanted to, I don't think he could have gone. It, I yeah, I think I think his plan was if he projected himself, he could be invincible, which he was, and he knew that would get to Kylo's ego. Yeah. I mean, Kylo they blasted his his force projection with those yeah. giant super powered <laughs> adats of Doom. gorilla walkers. Oh, yeah, God, Jesus, like, dude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was really, I thought it was really cool how the um, that planet, uh, what was that planet called? Crate. Crate. How it had the salt covering, but the red soil underneath. So when he yeah. shot all those, you just see this red dust everywhere. And it, I mean, you would think, oh, it's like blood and guts, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was just the red dust coming up yeah. everywhere. And and he just toyed with him. Some more of the great visuals. Yeah. Again, yeah. Really, really some uh, striking looks in that one. More so than any any others. Like you said, James, Like I don't think there was anything quite so visually striking as this film. The rest mm-hmm. of the, and not that the others look bad. But this, there are shots. Yeah, I, I mean, think, he oh really, he really drew from a lot of the best compositional styles as practiced by yeah. Kurosawa and filmmakers of that era. Yeah. Like it, if it, you if you go back a lo- quite a while ago, Ryan Johnson tweeted this oh, yeah, list his, of films that he that wanted. Him. He yeah, wanted yeah. all of the cast to watch these movies before they started shooting. He's like, watch these movies they'll put you in the headspace for what it is we're trying to do. And like one of them was like three, 
Three Outlaw Samurai. Mm-hmm. At 12 o'clock high. Mm-hmm. That's that whole opening space battle. Bridge over the River Kwai. Yeah. 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 That was the battle at Crate was Bridge mm-hmm. over the River Kwai, but the 12 o'clock high was definitely the opening the space opening? battle. Yeah, that, awesome whole bomb, that whole bomber run mm-hmm. and stuff. Yep. Yeah, that was straight out of that movie. Yeah. yeah. That was a really moving way to start that that film. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah incredibly. Was... Like, I, I... And it was cool because that, that girl... I mean, we don't know who she is, but no. but he put us in her headspace really mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. And then later on, we meet her sister, and that comes back to you. You're like, oh, fuck. And then, dude, the part where Rose zaps Finn. With... <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah. So the comedy. Like, I mean, you're mentioning, like, one of the funny things about it. Did you guys feel out of place with the comedy? I mean, I didn't. Did it no. felt totally Star Wars to me. Yeah. I mean... I felt most of it landed really well. The uh-huh. only time that I felt like it sort of broke the wall for me is the Yo Mama phone prank at the very beginning. Oh, really? And I understood <laughs> oh, why I thought that he was, was doing it. I thought it still was in keeping because, like, yeah. like in in Force Awakens, it's, keeping, it's in yeah. keeping within like, Poe's character. You talk it's definitely within <laughs> character, but it was just. Uh, I don't know. Really? Just, just the and his mother. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, was right. It was like right on teetering on the like edge. sitting yeah. on the line where I was just like, okay, I'm still sitting here. I didn't like fall off the clothesline entirely. You know what I think would have brought that back from that edge might have been Hux's responses. Like his 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 facial. He was a little too shaken by it. Right. Like if they if they had dialed him back, he a really little got bit, trolled yeah, by like, it. Yeah. What, As opposed to just on? being yeah. like, I'm aboard this fucking star destroyer and I own you right yeah. now. Yeah. But, and again, at the same time that his own uh, subordinate, you know, tells him he's like, they're they're trolling you, sir. Tooling, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> tooling yeah, with, with you, sir. Uh, <laughs> and I thought that was a a neat way to explain how Hux kind of. And Snoke does it too. Hux really felt like he was a big shot. Right. And yeah. so that guy, you know, tells him they're tooling with you. You're not as hot as you think. And then Snoke even says it later. This is yeah. how you keep a cur in line. like yeah. A rabid cur. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I would have to say that Andy Serkis did a freaking amazing, like, the bit of Snoke we had, somebody put it out there that, like, all of Snoke's on-screen time matches the Emperor's on-screen time at seven and a half minutes and some change or something like oh. that. It's pretty similar. Really? Yeah. amount of screen time. But all the screen time we had with Snoke's circus, in this movie especially, just chewed up that scenery yeah. so well. Yeah. Cool. That hideous face. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> he was pretty grody looking. Those creepy hands. Yeah. All right. weird little, like, Pointy shoes he had on, and that fucking gold lame bathrobe. <laughs> I didn't notice the shoes. I got to be honest, I didn't, I didn't notice the shoes. <laughs> I'll go back. I didn't. Okay, so I didn't notice them the first time I saw it, but then I looked at the visual dictionary and I saw them in there. And then when I saw them the second time, I couldn't help but notice it. I was like, "Oh, there's those shoes." <laughs> oh, going into the next film uh, without Carrie Fisher and her not. T- taking the, the suicide run like that Holdo did that some people would say she should have done like where, where do we go with the resistance where do, now they're whittled down to nothing you're saying it's a, like a five year ten year jump that's really and that's how we reason, write her out yeah I really think that they're going to push a five or ten year time skip and, and Leia's death will be explained as in the like, crawl really yeah like you know either of natural causes or maybe 
you know, they could say like the loss of her brother was too much. I don't, I think that's kind of cheeky. I think it'll be something like, yeah, because she was always very strong and yeah, yeah. I don't think that, I, that would affect. I think they'll have character. some kind of epic backstory for her passing away, but I think it'll be explained, and that's why we're gonna have a big time skip. And Poe, I think, is gonna kind of be the new kind of leader of the I think resistance. we're gonna. I think we'll see Poe a lot more uh, subdued. I think yeah, he'll be very. That's he'll, what like, I mean. He's gonna be a lot more tactical. Loss of Leia will hurt him. I think Finn's gonna be kind of like more like um, a second in command. I you think, think he'll rise, like rise up yeah, in the in the I think leadership? So. Okay, cool. And I think we'll see, like you know, I think we're gonna see a much more confident and uh, Ray, and I think see. we might see her with, you know, an apprentice or two. I mean, the the hint at the end of the movie with that, you know, showing that there's other force users out there. Yeah. That, that little boy with the broom, you know, that a lot of people didn't catch the first time. Don't get them started on that. I, I really like the time jump idea, and I think even a way to execute that while also reflecting on the passing and honoring that passing of Leia is to open up on, say, Leia's funeral. And oh, then, that's not and a then bad we can idea. also see, Boom. like, the whole how everybody's rallied and now see how strong this force and this movement has become. That's not, yeah, that's. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing that opening scene, man. Yeah, That's terrible. That was... What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You open up on Leia's funeral and you just like, already I'm weeping at the beginning of the movie. Like, Jesus. That's awful. <sighs> hmm. Um, I Can I put in a plea? So far, we haven't seen any planets from the OT in this current trilogy have we i'm okay with this as long as we don't see tatooine right 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 right, right. we did we, we did see tatooine jacka yeah jacku is just tatooine what's it? i mean it, any rose by another name is just as dry deserty world as the next but there's no huts on jacku oh <laughs> i really want to see a rebel base on mon calamari whoa this is beautiful. Cool. I've always wanted to see that planet. Yeah, those aliens, that culture. Uh, you, um, you missed Clone Wars. <laughs> it's, in, it's in there. <laughs> I'm just it? throwing it out there. It Damn is. Damn it. Yeah. And, oh, the the cartoon. Yeah, the, oh. the animated Clone Wars. Yeah, okay, well, there you go. Right. Damn it. They actually show a young Admiral Akbar come up in the ranks in the Clone Wars. Okay. So shouldn't That's Akbar have had a little bit more, like, uh, you know, fanfare? Well, the guy, that did, the guy that did his voice died. So I think they kind of. I think that's, that's kind of partially oh. why they did that. The voice actor that did, did Admiral Akbar's voice. I mean, even through The Force Awakens, he died sometime last year or something. Okay. Go on, sir. That's a drag. That's um, a drag. <laughs> no, um, I avoided for the most part getting heavy into the um, theory making between these two movies. Oh, okay. And I feel yeah. like that served me well. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, and so you, I'm kind of in the. And you were rewarded. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like, I don't know, like, when this dude here has given me books or good stuff to dive into, I've done that. But for the large, for the most part, I have not ever, de- you know, delved that deeply into the EU stuff. Uh huh. Um, and so I don't know. Like, I kind of, I really, 
I'm not one for making theories about where these things go. I I think that these guys, I definitely trust this story group. I think by and large, the decisions they've made with these things have come really a long way. Like I was, I was telling this story a while back that like, I will always remember coming home from episode three and just being ruined. Like I was so bummed out that I was like, well, that's it. That whole thing's done. (laughs) Yeah. No more movies. Uh, Here we go. So this entire thing is just like this insane bonus round to me. I'm enjoying these things and I don't, I, I don't know. See, that's, that's the crazy thing is that I don't think we've ever had a situation where the board has been thoroughly reset going into the next movie the way it is with this one. You know, like there is a ragtag rebellion aboard the Millennium Falcon. That's the last thing we see. You know, Kylo Ren is in full control of the First Order now. Who have wiped out the entire government of the Republic. Right. Yeah, well, we that didn't last long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to know that for very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, shit is dire, but um, I'm really anxious and interested to see what they do with it. Justin, hopes that's for the future. Kind of the same thing. I mean, I have no idea where this is going. And that was a really good point about uh, every movie released to this point. We had an idea where it was going to go. I mean, the prequels, obviously, we knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. Or at least what the ultimate result would be. Um, and then even Force Awakens, we knew where, essentially, we were going to pick off. Um, you know, post the Imperial, fall of the Imperial, and post the fall of the Empire. Um, yeah, this one, I... I don't know what to expect, and I'm I'm happy about that. Like it's it's going to be a completely new story, and it'll be an adventure. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea what'll appear in that next trailer. <laughs> like who the, the hell knows? The, the interesting yeah. thing is, so they had originally the third one was going to be Colin Trevorrow writing and directing, and he had done a pass on the script, but then Carrie Fisher died. Mm-hmm. So then they were kind of looking at rewrites, and Johnson had done The Last Jedi. So now we're sitting here with a post-Carrie Fisher death, post-Colin Trevorrow got Axed. let go slash, yeah. you know, quit the project. We've got J.J. back. Um, Watching, before I went and saw 8, I watched 7 again like a few nights before. So it wasn't totally fresh, but sort of fresh. Um. The, what I noticed to me anyway is that eight felt more like a nice mix of the fun of the prequels and the sort of mythology of the original trilogy. Whereas seven, they kind of took a hard turn towards staying a lot more OT and trying to be kind of um, tough guy Star Wars, for lack of a better term, like really trying not to be silly. Like uh-huh. episode seven, it's very it's a very serious tone movie almost the whole way. There's a couple light hundred bits, but episode eight had a lot more fun with the beats being funny, yeah. serious, crazy. Well, and it needed to balance out that out with all of the shocks, right? <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying, like you know, and, and so it's gonna be interesting to see where JJ goes with this. I know that um, he's got 
I think the same guy that helped him write the script for seven working on this pass at the new script for nine. And Johnson's not involved, so it's going to be... Kasdan's not involved. I was going to say, where's Kasdan? Yeah, he's not involved with this one either. Well, he's on the Han Solo movie that we still haven't (laughs) seen the trailer for. (laughs) It is almost February. This movie's coming out in May. No trailer. We have a trailer for the second and last half of Rebels Season 4. And man, I got really excited for that. So like I I'm as I as I watch that and and then talking to you guys here we're talking about like making this investment and James you're talking about like not being too invested in the EU and Mike you're very well versed in the EU stuff like and that's I can't say I'm very I was with the old EU with the new whole canon Star Wars I haven't read everything there's so much to read no no I, who could even right. with just those comics man. Yeah. Okay, so I'm out of comics. Yeah. Done. It's too yeah. expensive a hobby <laughs> to even try and keep up with, right? The books, I've read a few, and I really liked them. Mostly the ones that I'm kind of like, people are like, oh, this is really good, this is really good. I got a couple on my queue that I want to read. But the one out of the expanded, non-movie Star Wars universe that really, like, totally blew me away is that Rebels show. Because it's accessible, it's fun. You can tell the guys that made that show are huge fans of yeah. the franchise. And each season just gets better and better. Like I said, the first season starts kind of slow. When you get to, I think it's episode seven or eight, it's called Path of the Jedi. I'm expecting a phone call with some tears. <laughs> you probably you'll hear from me. So it was at that point that I was like, man, these guys know how to make an old Star Wars fan cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they understand fully. Yeah. Kind of related to Rebels, and then this new one as well. I remember. Right after Last Jedi came out, people were kind of upset about the laser swords comment, just because like no way a Jedi Master would call a lightsaber a laser sword, even though they're in the original source material it was referred to that. But season one of Rebels, we also hear it as referred to a laser sword. I think yeah, I think and that's one of those things where we think everybody should know what it's called because yeah. we're following these characters that are Jedi, so they know it's a light. That's their term. It's a lightsaber. Uh-huh. If you had never seen that thing, what would you call it? <laughs> A but fucking she, laser sword. Fucking See, laser I think, sword. I think yeah. Luke was also taking the piss on that entire idea. I think so, too. Yeah. So I got no problem that with that. Way. And that, again, was one of those beats in the movie. That's one of those, that was one of those parts in the movie where I felt like Ryan Johnson was literally one of the smartest scripts. He's literally pointing out all the things that the fans go nuts over and putting it right. And he was, like, whapping it right in your face. Right. Laser but, sword. But still loved it because he's a yeah. fan. Because he yes. loves it. He loves Star Wars so much. Right, right. But there's a difference between being a fan and being somebody that has to tell a story. Yeah. True. You know? He 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 just said, All right, where does this need to go to not only do justice by the characters, but to take it somewhere satisfying and unexpected? And those yeah. are three really difficult axes to satisfy all at once. But I gotta wonder too, like what's Johnson's trilogy gonna be? we know he's doing a trilogy and i heard he that he and i don't know where this was sourced from that he said it's not going to be old republic yeah i heard that too which makes me sad because that would have been cool i Um, think from the kids at the end of jedi that he's going to do something that's uh current ish timeline 
but, with different. but obviously with different different things. I mean, we're talking about a galaxy worth of stories, right? There's, that's, you know? what, like, that's, that's, what, that's what I brought up in the last thing. Yeah. Like, why stick to the same? We could. There's so much you could do mm-hmm. in this universe. You could tell all kinds of crazy. I mean, hell, they could have a sitcom show like The Office, but based <laughs> in Star Wars, and it would be hysterical. Yeah. So that's um, what he'll do, you know, and that's cool. A sitcom show like yeah, the Office. sitcom. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's gonna do that. He might do a talk show, a Star Wars talk show. It'd be yeah. like Space Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I always thought, like, they could do something like The Sopranos, but, like, with the Huts and some of the other crime <laughs> families. In the, in, and it would be cool with the bounty hunters yeah. and shit. I was like, man, that'd be a pretty cool fucking yeah. show. Who wouldn't watch that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be cool. We'll watch it. I'll watch any of it. I'm just pretty much in. What do you guys think about, about that? Like, wh- why, why do people get so bent? And, and think that they own it. Like it's not. It's not. That you know, I, that that comes to that whole artist. Well, art, what do you owe the art fans? I don't even know that it's so much an artistic thing. I think, in much the same way, you see schisms erupt in major religions. A lot of that same sort of psychology, I think, can be witnessed here. Okay, is that people have made. Whether they know it or not, they've made countless inferences about the way things are in the Star Wars universe. That when it doesn't happen exactly the way they think it should, they're just like, you know what I mean? Despite the fact that it's always been really open-ended, it's always been pretty damn messy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know. Yeah, I mean, the OT was kind of flying by the seat of its pants. It absolutely was flying by the seat of its pants. I mean, uh, he was, you know. He made a movie, ran a production company, started a studio, Mm -hmm. did visual effects. I mean, it was all kind of flying. I mean, so much so that on the second movie, he had to just be. uh, He's like, I just, I need to get the money and I need to get things moving along and I can't be on set every day. Right. For the second, for Empire, he's like, okay, so here's kind of the plot and what I want to do. Here, Larry, you do this. Irvin, you direct <laughs> yeah. it, yeah. and uh, I'm gonna make sure they do the effects right. Irvin, yeah, yeah. right. You know, yeah. uh, and he trusted in that. And same with Jedi. And Jedi was even worse because the company had gotten even bigger. He was barely there. Well, it was worse. And the thing was, Irvin Kershner had had a background in doing all of these small character-run dramas. Yeah, and I think when he looked at this, he said, "Okay." there needs to be things happening for each of these people moving forward that are much bigger internally than the big struggle. And that's what made that one so damned fascinating is because we're plugged into those things. You know, is Solo going to become a scoundrel that's actually, you know, now a part of the rebellion? Is Leia on board with that with this dude? What's going on in Luke's head? You know, now that he's taking this larger, you know, step into a much larger world. Giant step. Because mm-hmm. he goes from farm boy to now trying to resurrect a ailing, failed, or... Religious dead, dead, movement. Dead, religious movement. Right. Now he's going to be this figurehead. Mm-hmm. That's a big jump. And, right. And Evaporators. Mm-hmm. The segue that, that's one of the things that I liked about The Last Jedi is that in a way it was a lot like Empire in that aspect with those character arcs and asking bigger questions and getting an answer but with another question at the end. Mm -hmm. 
and not which just... is a little how life works right yeah. right <laughs> yeah. yeah did you mind uh his tactic uh his his style with ray what do you mean? like when he's no. giving her lessons no, and, I thought it was like great. do you feel it I do, 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 do. <laughs> see that's 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 like every Shaw Brothers martial arts movie, <laughs> or even yeah. the way Yoda trained Luke. Uh huh. I, I loved it. I thought it was yeah. Great. That was half a loaf of kung fu all over right. again. You know, <laughs> suffering. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I mean good. that's all that's all couched within that stuff, and I think I don't know. I mean, it, it's. Uh, I would like to think that despite all of the very negative, you know, audible people, I want to think that there's a lot of younger people that are connecting with these movies, but then they're also beginning to ask all these questions like, oh, well, what does this draw from? Why does this, why does this look this way? You know, what's with the, I mean, for me, you know, the moment I heard the name Kurosawa... I was like, who's that guy? Who's like, that I got to figure out, like, what are those movies about? Because yeah. clearly they, they left an impact on this dude, and I really liked what he made, so what's with that? You hit you a know? point that I, I am really, it's close to my heart, and I don't know, and I, I hate to speak generationally, but you have, like, entire generations who don't look backwards. And there's, like, a, like, there's a thought that looking forwards is the way to go and things, but, like, for me, when I first heard Metallica, like, mm-hmm. what did those guys listen to? Right. And then I and then listened to what those guys listened to. Head yeah. Misfits, exactly. Right. And you go backwards and you see like, well, what inspired this? Where'd this come from? And I've felt for the last few years that that doesn't happen as much, but I'm hoping to see it change. I would challenge that a little bit though. I have a brother that is 20 years my junior. And the thing he has that I never had at his age is that when he hears about something, he doesn't have to go rummage through his uncle's rusty closet or whatever he can just hop or on go youtube to the library. he okay, can hop, go to the library yeah. he can hop on youtube and find like just about anything yeah. a documentary yeah. an old album yeah but i would say but see that that stands to like uh give props to your brother mm-hmm. and his desire to do that and i'm right. saying that, that hasn't been instilled in, in a lot of people they just take what's current and move on they don't it's true they don't look to what inspired or, or, or influenced that right art. i definitely don't think it's a common thing but no, i like no, to no. think that there are some out there who are just like why does this happen like what what did what is this all you know distilled from yeah and i think that's why i harbor a particular um negative vibe towards that is because they have it easier i don't even know where i dug up my information because i had no internet i just was like like digging through old copies of rolling stone or maybe I, just like leafing through every interview i could find to try and find that but now like like mike says it's just like it's a click away yeah you know so you have no excuse to not know where your art came from this is what I heard as far as the salt goes about the movie. Besides the scenes people didn't like, I heard a lot of people saying, oh, well, now Disney's ruined fucking Star Wars. Disney, Disney, Disney. And I'm like, okay, um, Disney owns Lucasfilm, but the people at Lucasfilm are all still the same people that made... Uh-huh. I mean, George Lucas handpicked Kathleen Kennedy yes. to take over. Right. The story group with Pablo Hidalgo... They worked for Lucas for years. I mean, originally Pablo Hidalgo. I only found this out recently when I read an, or there was an interview with him on uh, Rebels Recon, which is a YouTube podcast show about Star Wars Rebels. He was, what is it again? Uh, Rebels Recon. Okay. And uh, he was brought on board because he was a nerd 
who played the Star Wars RPG, the one that I used to play by West End Games, a D6 Star Wars RPG, and he was obsessed with stats and worlds and characters, so he ended up knowing more because he had all these books, and he ended up getting a job at Lucas first Lucas Arts doing games because he knew everything about it, and eventually he was brought into Lucasfilm because nobody else knew as much <laughs> about the Star yeah. Wars universe as he did. So he was hired to kind of coordinate everything, and now he's the keeper of the current canon lore and then also all the other lore that's gone between. And I really feel like they have such a good grasp on what they can do, what they should do, what, you know what I mean? They have people there that really are, they're all fans like us. I mean, everybody that works there now grew up with the original movies, so they're all fans. Right. You know? It's almost more, it's almost more of a quote-unquote democratic affair in terms of people that loved the thing, made it their vocation, and then were so good at whatever it was they do that they got hired at Lucas. Right, and and now it's being like, it's being, you know, for lack of a better term, it's being run through a committee that kind of decides, like, this is where we should go with this, whereas, you know... not, With George, it be, was not a committee. Right, not to, and, and that really is only, that where the line came from. <laughs> that really, not a committee. That really only shows really on the prequels, and and I honestly blame a lot of that on the producer. I swear to God, that guy just said yes to everything George wanted to do. Oh, yeah. and that that we should say for a whole another episode because I could go off on that for like five hours. No, we really right. could. I yeah, like every one of us could. Have... So you'd be like, yeah, George, great. Idea. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Yeah, that was great idea. We love yeah, it. and George <laughs> is like seated on the couch at the time yeah. with his coffee. <laughs> And this, yeah, it's great. (laughs) Yeah, surround yourself with people who challenge you, who support you, and say why not, but are not going to just, yeah, Mm -hmm. to give you every whim. It's also worth recalling that, of course, people did not love The Empire Strikes Back, right? When it first dropped, that's what I heard. I didn't Uh know that until recently when I saw that stuff. I was like, oh, crazy! But it makes sense thinking Mm -hmm. about it because I mean, thematically, those the New Hope to Empire is so different. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. in the first one, like all the buckles get swashed, and then it gets really dark. And I can remember as a kid, right? I was there were parts of Empire Strikes Back that scared the shit out of me. I remember as a kid that I I watched Episode Four a lot more because it was fun. Uh And Empire would freak. I don't think I really got into Empire until I was about twelve or thirteen. That really, that then it slowly climbed. Start getting some hair. Got some hair and schmeckle. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Then it climbed that ladder of amazingness. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. because for a while as a kid, I think Jedi was my favorite. Right. Because Luke Uh was a Jedi, and there was some cool badass stuff. Mm And then speeder bikes. Yeah, speeder bikes. Slowly, at some point between thirteen and eighteen, my two favorite movies became Empire Strikes Back and Blade Runner, both starring Harrison Ford. (laughs) I sent him a letter, asked him to marry me, and didn't happen. But (laughs) (laughs) well, it's not over yet. (laughs) Get off my plane. Okay, and the third the what? The third movie as a kid there, you know, I hit that era that I fell in love with was David Lynch's Dune. Oh, I love it, yeah. Not the theatrical edit, although I loved that version yeah. the like five, six hour Alan Smithy. Yeah, but Alan Smithy, yeah, obviously just, it was yep. still David Lynch. Yep. Uh man. I would sit there I remember my brother's like, this is the third time you watch that this week. This is like six hours long. I'm like, I know. 
Yeah, yeah. Could you rewind it for me? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's such a like art director's waking orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> Who's doing the the new one? Isn't Dennis this... Div, Div, yeah. uh, Denny got, Villeneuve? Yeah, yeah, the one yeah. that did Blade, Blade Runner, Runner 2019. Yeah. So, or 2049. My bad. Uh, so yeah, should be good. I think we'll see. I think so. I'm glad he's still getting to, even though that tanked. Did it? 2049 well, tanked at the box office. The I know, like, the opening weekend did, you know it did, but so I think it funny? picked did up. Did you see that article or that quip where Ridley Scott said, oh, it's because it was too long? I was like, really? 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 <laughs> You're like the king of too long movies. Really? You've had half of your movies cut down and then re-released later in your director's cut version. Like, okay, I love his director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven, but that shit's like three and a half hours long. It's a fantastic movie. The theatrical cut they cut down to like two hours and thirty minutes. And it makes no sense. Train wreck. It's yeah. so bad. I mean, he's the king of long movies. It was just funny that he said it was too long. I was like, dude, it's shorter than most of your <laughs> theatrical releases. It's breezy by your standards. <laughs> that's, that's the part. That I really, I was just like, really, wow. It's basically a short. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, oh, oh. I mean, it's long. It's it's half hour. What? 35 minutes longer than the original Blade Runner, but that was no slouch. I was that completely was, was fucking it. plugged in the entire time, though. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Afterwards, we were just like, oh, my head hurts. Like, this is deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't even... Don't talk to me right now. <laughs> I need to go think about this for yeah. a while. Oh, I love it. You make me want to go pick it up. I haven't picked it up yet. I me need, neither. I need to go grab it. I, I need yeah, to buy that. I yeah. want to buy the 4K, but I didn't see it on sale yet. And I've That's me too, yeah. I've gotten more frugal in my older age. I'm like, yeah. it'll go on sale. It'll, it'll go, go on sale. <laughs> I save five I bucks. Yeah. You don't have to go day of every time. Yeah. Oh, that is one on the list. Although, I'll probably pick up Last Jedi Day of Release. Because yeah, I'll be there for that. Star Wars. Do you think when, how long do you got to wait for 4K releases of... Uh... That one's slated to be out, actually, a 4K this time. Day of. Disney transitioned to... Yeah. 4K. Oh, yeah. sorry. Excuse me. Oh, <laughs> 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 a large stump under the table. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So, well, I mean, Guardian, I think Guardians 2... Guardians, Starting now, Guardians Two is the first one they released a 4K. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right out of the box. Yeah, so. I, I grabbed that one at 4K. Right. Yeah. So I think going forward, everything. Uh, I'm looking forward to Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed the shit out of that. That should be soon, right? Should be. Is it in March? I would guess we'll get Last Jedi like April, May, probably right before, before. or right after. So. Do you think we'll have a trailer by then? Of this <laughs> movie? Trailer will be on that. <laughs> It's going to run before the film. Uh-huh. You're going to go to see it and we'll show you a trailer. Oh. I see you looking about the Red Room and seeing some of the because that randomly. There's an alien front loader right there <laughs> from 1986 Aliens that we're supposed to have a podcast on. Okay. Oh, do you want to do a commentary on that with me? I thought that's what we were going to do. Are we? Is that the one we were supposed to do? Is that I don't remember. I was we that were what doing, you talked about? We were doing that or we were going to do John, a John Carpenter movie. I don't remember. I don't remember which one I wanted to do. <laughs> We'd have to go listen to We'd the other go listen one. To the old one. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, thanks, guys. Uh, again, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, I loved it. I can't wait to sit down with you guys and, and chat about all this various uh, make-believe business again. Um, Justin? All right. <laughs> uh, so for the Red Room and from the Red Room, this uh, resonance has been 
Mitch. Justin. Mike, I love Star Wars Rebels. Moran. <laughs> JJJ. Oh, Triple J. <laughs> uh, have a great night. I didn't even get to bring this up on the podcast, man. The fucking, the Ben Swolo memes hit the internet. <laughs> yeah, certainly this scene with Kylo Ren was just kind of like, and she's like, can you put something on? <laughs> and then all those memes hit. So when I saw it the third time, the memes had already spread, and I fucking <laughs> laughed my ass off when that scene came on. And people in the theater were like, why is he laughing at this? <laughs> it was like Jim Gaffigan. Why does he think that's funny? <laughs> it was hysterical. Oh. Do you yeah. do? Did you take the Ben Swallow challenge? What's is there a Ben Swallow? <laughs> what challenge? is the Ben Swallow? You challenge? gotta take a shirtless pic with really high waisted black pants. <laughs> <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> so gonna do that. I'm gonna go home and do 100 push-ups. <laughs> Straight up. The Ben Swallow challenge. <laughs> you gotta have the pump if you're gonna do that. Oh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh, Patterson was great. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. It's a really good movie. Oh, you should. Good Jarmish. Mm-hmm. Lots Just of, about. Lots of driving. Bus Just driver like and his relationship with his wife and his life as a bus driver. And it's obscenely good. Mm-hmm. I never saw Girls. I mean, oh. and I heard I had heard good things about it as far yeah. as, like, quality of the show. Right. Well, it just, it's kind of that... Like, it's really about, like, it's that upper class entitled white girl thing that are like, we're living our dreams in New York City. And it's like, yeah, because you're living on your parents' money. Huh? Sex in the City? No, girls. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? Uh, yeah, I should have known from that, from Patterson, that he would still be able to turn in a performance. Yeah. No, he's a a really good actor. Yeah. Get on him. Yeah. Oh, man. What? You want to watch Rebels? Yeah. Yeah. How about we watch an episode together so I can stroke your leg while you watch? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) and that's going in the outtakes. That's not my leg. (laughs) 